Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. All ready for this? So ready. He's ready. I'm curious if there's ever going to be a day when you're like, I'm really just not ready. No? Yeah, I'm not feeling it today. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that day has not come yet. It has not come. And, and yet this echoey room is still very echoey. It is. It is. We're moving. If you didn't hear that in the previous podcast and... um. We have everything off the walls, so it is bad right now, and it will get better. We are aware of it. We'll yes. try to improve. <laughs> <laughs> so bear with us. Yes. Today we're talking about engagement, and more specifically, if you are taking engagement to mean something a little bit too narrow, I think mm-hmm. typically, especially with YouTube, when people say engagement, they're talking about likes, subscribes, and comments. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also add to that, like watch time. And watch that. Okay. Yeah. But there are more, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot more to engagement than that. Yeah. And there's also a lot more ways to think about it than Mm. just a metric on YouTube. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Back to you. Okay. So what does engagement mean to you? That sounds so, so deep. Tell (laughs) us what it means to you. So tell me, Nate, uh, what does engagement mean to you? (laughs) So to me, Julia, (laughs) engagement means a deep psych... I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) Engagement to me means it's just broadly a measure of how much people think about you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how much uh, mental space or life space or habit space you and what you are doing or your company or your brand does occupies in a, per- in a person's world. So another way to say that is attention. That's how I would look at it. Okay. And so is there a difference really between interaction or is thinking about you the same thing as interacting in a way, even though you don't know about it? Fair point. Fair point. Uh, so thinking about you, I would say, is probably one of the lower forms of that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more people interact with you, the more deep into the engagement they are, typically. Yeah. Okay. And so when you evoke some sort of response from people, that is a sign, hence the likes and comments, right? But that is a sign of more buy-in from an audience. Yeah. More thought space that you occupy in their worlds. If someone does not care about what you're doing, they just will not engage. Meaning yeah. they, will, they won't give you attention. They just don't care. They just, it's somewhere else. Uh, but if, if something about what you said, even if it's negative, hence controversy, mm-hmm. if something about what you say or do causes a reaction in them, then that's engagement. Now, yeah. how strong that reaction is, it, it's the scale of how much they interact after that. That's how I look at it. I see. Okay, so engagement is a reaction, not necessarily an interaction, but often leads to an interaction. Yes. Awesome. So since you brought up controversy, uh-huh. we have a joke around here every once in a while where we'll say, any engagement is good engagement. Uh-huh. We're to make ourselves feel better about negative comments. Um do you think that is true, though, in all seriousness? Is it worth it to have some negative engagement? Is it better than having no engagement? I feel like it just depends on your brand. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an, an interesting one because for some people, they are okay with a lot of negative or you know controversy because it accomplishes their goals mm-hmm. uh, and their... Just, if it's a rant, they're okay with it. They're okay with having a bunch of people that hate them. Uh, that it 
in in all cases, you're going to have what would be called brand enemies. Uh, but in most cases, it's if t- and it tr- tread lightly here because I'm I. It's hard not to insert some of my own personal um, feelings about this topic mm. here because personally, my I, I don't like fostering controversy. Yeah. Um, because I feel like there's just better ways to do things. I get why people do it, and I get why it leads people to rah, riled up. But if it doesn't lead to positive change, I, I, I am pretty much very opposed to it. Yeah. <laughs> if good things don't happen because of this disagreement, I just don't want the disagreement at all. Yeah. Um, so th- that's my personal take on this. However, um, in most cases, back to your question here, I would be assessing what is my brand or my channel's brand? What do I want to be known for? And in that case, um, how that will affect how I treat the controversy or if I even drum up controversy in the first place. Mm-hmm. I don't. If it's not on brand to drum it up, then just I don't drum it up. I don't try to create controversy. But if it does af- come to me, regardless of what I did, how I handle it also needs to be on brand. Right. It's a really delicate issue that I think will come up whether you want it to or not once you've been online. And it probably has come up for you listening in some way already, whether it's on social media or something. I mean, I've had things on forums where it just blew up and I, you know, I'm just trying to do a little bit of industry research and I say the wrong thing and people freak out and I wasn't trying to be controversial. And I think so. Yeah. The factors are, you know, the strategy of what do you want your brand to be? Do you want to have a controversial spin or do you want to, you know, be really non-confrontational and also just factoring in not necessarily like which strategy is best based on your niche, but also your personality. Like, can you handle controversy? Cause I know it makes me feel pretty bad uh-huh. for a couple days sometimes. Like if I think I really offended somebody and so, yeah, if you're, you know, if you're able to handle that at some points, you probably, I probably need to have a thicker skin, but that's probably something to consider, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. And some people, you'll see it in their eyes when something controversial happens, they'll like light up. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bring it on. Yeah. Uh, Jim that used to work uh, with us here, he there was a controversial thing a while back on Channel Makers. And he said, let's stir the pot. And even mm-hmm. like the stirring the motion, <laughs> like, yeah, let's lean into this controversy. And that wasn't on brand for me. <laughs> so I, actually, yeah. I was the one that said, let's tone it down a bit. Let's let's be reasonable with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's worked very well for Jim and, and other endeavors he's done. Uh, it was interesting because to this point of controversy and, and how you handle the controversy. So I can trace back a few I would call them spike moments for mm-hmm. the channel. Some of them for channel makers. Uh, some of them were just videos that went really big and had a huge spike in, in awareness or subscribers. But some of them, well, one of them in particular was a controversial moment. If you've watched channel makers for a while, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But as it's not on brand for me to mention names, I'm not going to mention names here. But essentially what happened was I made a reaction video to another YouTuber or or another creator in the YouTube education space um, reacting and sharing my own thoughts on what they had said about a certain YouTube feature. Uh, And in it, I do my best because I was trying to be on brand here to be very respectful to the person, but to debate the issues and share where I pretty much disagreed with what they had said. Uh, and, and where I agreed. And uh, the other creator decided to strike that video. 
just issue a copyright strike, no warning or anything, just striked it. And it was funny because a lot of people had seen that video beforehand and I had done a community post mentioning that video. And so long story short here, it stirred up a lot of audience reaction. Um, how I decided to handle it was to just say, Let, let's move on. The, the strike was rescinded. It was, let's forgive and forget, let's move on. Um, but the number of other YouTube education channels that reached out to me after that was huge. And for some of them, that was the first time that my channel had got on their radar. Wow. Because of that controversy. They reached out and said, dang, I thought you handled that really well. Good job on your channel. You know, good luck to you. That was a range of, of reactions from that to like, hey, we should do a collab sometime. It yeah. was interesting. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Are you glad that happened? It's funny. <laughs> Yes and no. Mm -hmm. Yes, because of the results it, it brought. Like that was cool. It was cool to create that kind of additional spike of interest and attention and mm -hmm. uh, that type of thing. There's another creator in the space right now that recently had this big controversy with a uh, editing software that canceled their lifetime licenses. Like they oh. sold lifetime licenses and then all of a sudden they canceled them Yikes! and the company planned to continue. So they had this huge spike also is the same thing, man, a bunch of, a bunch of attention, but it, it's, so back to your question. Yes. <laughs> it's it, a hard I, one. I think I'd be lying if I didn't say it wasn't nice to have the benefit from the additional attention, but no, because that's not how I would prefer to do that. Yeah. I'd prefer to do it in other ways. Controversy is exciting. It's, it gets you in, emotionally involved in something and that's why it's so popular for audiences and creators yeah uh, for me personally it's uh, to my earlier point there i've i try to look at it like it's not a battle of people i'm not attacking people i'm attacking mm. ideas yeah and if there is something that i really am opposed to with an idea sure i'll attack that idea but i try to disassociate it with that person i think that's really smart and you do have to have some level of of controversy, I, you know, it's a sliding scale. And especially with ideas, there's always the potential that you're going to offend somebody because if you disagree with an idea, like the way you very tactfully approach it, some people are gonna be upset because they have that idea. Um, but if you have none of that, your channel is just gonna be so generic and you're not gonna stand out yes. in any way. I'm so glad you brought that up because to this point, if it is controversy to have what I call brand enemies, mm -hmm. then absolutely have brand enemies. Yeah. Because if you come across as generic, that means unmemorable. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you're coming up with what you stand for, what you do, there are also things that you disagree with. And those will be some of your best performing videos. Interesting. <laughs> the ones if you're doing, uh, if you have like a health channel, for example, and you do why I think the keto diet is absolute rubbish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that wording. Absolutely rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs> uh, if you do a video like that, that video will get views. Mm. And it will get more views than your typical video. Uh, just because it's a strong opinion. And people want to know why. Why do you... Uh, on both sides, the people that don't have opinion either way, and they're just like, hey, why? Why is this person so opposed to the keto diet? I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying anything specifically about the keto diet, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just using it as an example. I could use why Ford is better than Chevy or whatever, you know. Right. Anything um, where there are sides... But also you'll get the audience, which is to be expected in the keto diet example, the people who are doing keto diet and having really good results with it will also come to that video and say, that's a bunch of BS because here's my experience with it. And so 
brand en- brand enemies there. Um, but either way, it's just based on it, it. It's I look at it less like you're synthesizing enemies, like coming up with yeah. going to come up with an enemy to actually what you believe, like your own experience. And if there are things that you do strongly disagree with, then make that clear. Right. Very cool. Some channels do synthesize enemies, by the way. They mm-hmm. just drum up drama just because they want it. Yeah. And it works for some people, but like you were saying, Julia, I, it's it's not for everybody. Uh-huh. And I've heard, I'm not sure what you know about this, I've heard that YouTube apparently is trying to promote videos. I don't remember where I heard this. I wish I had a source or something. Okay. Promote videos that cause positive emotions. So like other social media has been accused of promoting kind of negative things just because it gets people riled up and it gets them on the platform and it keeps them on the platform and it gets them coming back. Mm -hmm. But YouTube is really trying to apparently promote things that make people feel good, even if the watch time is lower or they're not quite as, you know, overall engaged or maybe even, dare say, addicted compared to the more controversial Mm -hmm. things. And what do you think about trying to focus on the positives more than things that could be negative. Like I know you've talked about titling videos with either kind of a scary title or a positive title. Where do you find that balance? That's a good question. Uh, from my experience with YouTube, it's it's a bit of a pull out your 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 tin foil hats here for a moment. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. The YouTube as a company, um, whatever their their political ideals are, um, this is not about directly about politics. It's that. As a blanket statement, yes, I think that is true. They generally try to promote positive experiences with their content. And so in general, a rule of thumb is go with a positive spin for this or at least leave people feeling better by the end of the video than Mm. they did at the beginning. You don't want people to feel awful after they watch the video. Yeah, Um, There are obviously exceptions to that and there are obviously channels, entire channels that do very negative content. Uh, But my guess is um, those are a bit more compartmentalized in their recommendations, mm. typically. My, my guess there is that. Yeah. So some of the widest spreading uh, content that has the most reach, I'll just use Mr. Beast as an example, tends to be just really broad appeal and very positive. Yeah, very feel good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so those ones, those are the ones that tend to spread the most. Yeah, interesting. So let's go into like channel archetypes. So depending on your topic and talk about which engagement maybe strategies are best based on each of the archetypes um, which is something we did mention we talked to each other a little bit about before starting this and um, the conversation has gone all kinds of wonderful ways but <laughs> see if we can get some of these categorized just so that you listening can know how to take this approach in a more specific way like what actions could you take this week or next week or next time you film or next time you plan a video and apply it to your specific channel. Um, Cause I know it's really easy for us to get very general here. Um, so some types of engagement might be um, regular call to action, either during the video, at the end of the video, things like, like subscribe, comment, sign up for an email list, um, community posts, contest causes, things like that. So let's start with um, information archetype. And which ones do you think the best and if you have others that i don't have listed that would be great too 
Yeah, so when I look at information archetype, I'm looking at why is the audience there? What what does engagement look like mm. for that audience? Why are they there? Okay. They're there for the helpfulness, mm-hmm. typically. They're there for how valuable is this video or this engaging factor for me. Uh, and so with that, I would look at all whatever I'm doing through that lens. So for example, if I'm teaching how to uh, replace a tire on a car and there's an additional skill associated with that say oh oh yeah and so here's how to replace the tire on my car um, but also you might not you might also be wondering how to check if your spare tire is good for next time right? yeah to, to make sure that you don't run with stuck with a bad or deflated spare tire so watch this video next because in that i share how to check if your spare tire is is deflated and so that's an example of usefulness it's a chain of usefulness of information and it's in that case if I call to action that they watch that other video. That's engagement, right? Because it's more attention in their mind for you as that content creator. And that was a cool example because you use something that I think connected to the same underlying motive with that, that spare tire tire example. It's not, you know, somebody doesn't want necessarily to fix their car just so that it's fixed. You want something, you want security or safety or convenience. And so if you can, tap into that underlying motive of why they're watching that specific video, you can find another video or another piece of content you have that they're more likely to like, even if it seems kind of different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The other thing I've seen work really well is, so obviously with with email lists, if there's additional, the thread goes through the entire thing uh, of the archetype. This is why I talk about it so much Mm. because why would somebody join an email list of a like a purely entertainment style channel? Because they would hope for additional humorous content or whatever they get from your YouTube channel yeah. or another angle of that. An email, an email list on an information channel would be additional useful items. Usually, I, we kind of have to talk in a, what's the word, a uh, sterile environment of, between information, entertainment, connection to give these examples because the reality is, Every channel is a mix of these archetypes. Right. But sterile, like a sterile example of this is just this, this equals this. Um, that's why we say it that way. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed is engagement looks different across each archetype. If I were to look at an audience, I'm getting to the point where I was mentioning this beforehand, uh, before we recorded here, I'm getting to the point where in most cases, I, you could show me how the audience is acting without the content that the channel maker is making. And I could tell you what the archetype of that yeah is based on how the audience acts so for example a information channel most of the time if it's heavily information the comments are going to be additional there are there going to be additional questions or comments on the value or lack of value of that video mm-hmm. because what's the core question how valuable is this mm-hmm. and so it's additional questions or value or lack of value typically comments on that uh, contrast that with entertainment and entertainment is often additional layers of entertainment yeah it's so funny they'll be quoting whatever happened in the video or they'll be pointing out super hilarious moments or ridiculous moments and you'll often see more likes on comments on entertainment archetypes i love it when the comments of an entertainment video are more funny than the video which is not (laughs) uncommon it's so true you'll you'll see the video and the video has like you know the top comment will have like ninety thousand likes on it or something yeah Uh, and then connection is 
conversation with the creator. The comments on those videos will typically look like conversation with you and they'll address you by name. Oftentimes mm. they'll say, uh, for example, in a channel makers video, they'll say, Nate, I love that you did this or always bring in the value, Nate. Like that's like a combination of an information and connection um, archetype comment. So Right. So you can kind of tell how well you're implementing that connection piece based on if people address you by name or... Yeah. Sometimes the wrong name. <laughs> if it feels like they're having a conversation with you, it's because if the comment sounds like a conversation, like you go, like you're doing awesome, or I loved when you did this, mm -hmm. or you did this, or hey, Nate, this connection. That's what's going on there. Really cool. If it's a search archetype, you don't get any comments. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> it can poor, happen. Poor but... Julia is trying to keep the, the flow going here, and I keep talking about this. But really, with search comments, it's almost, most of the time, it's either no comments. You'll have a lower ratio of comments if yeah. you got the answer, or they'll ask additional questions also. Right. You watch and you're at, I got what I needed. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll leave and they're gone. Right. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Okay, so entertain, well, sorry, information. We might try things like, would you say email lists um, and like info products? Would you try to push them to a website? Are there... Are there specific ones or do you think all of these engagement types can really work for any of the archetypes as long as you kind of cater them and customize them to fit better? What I feel like all of them could work. Okay. If spun the right way. It's really just depends. Like a Patreon, for example, for an information channel, why would they do a Patreon? It would be for additional usefulness, yeah. additional help on what they're doing. An entertainment one, a Patreon would be more like exclusive bloopers or behind the scenes also that would work for connection if they just want like a live chat with you that would mm. be a patreon option there more of the good thing they're there for that they yeah. want it's just more of the good thing exactly yeah mm -hmm. do you have any advice for when you're trying to drum up engagement you got a pin comment asking a question or a community post or a call to action in the video and it's just not happening and you don't see any results from that so what to do if you're not getting results when mm -hmm. you're trying to drum up engagement in your, your Yeah. Do you think it's a patience thing where you just have to keep trying, keep waiting, grow your audience? Is it a strategy thing? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So first of all, it's just need to acknowledge if your channel is on the smaller side, it's perfectly normal to not have a lot of interactions mm -hmm. in, in form of comments and, and especially comments, interactions that way. Yeah. It's perfectly normal. It's more... I'd be looking at two things. One is, why am I looking for engagement? Is it just because it's quote-unquote good to have engagement? Or am I actually looking to build a relationship with my audience in some form? Because mm. that second one is much stronger, solid, more solid place to come from when you're planning on what kind of engagement factors to add. Yeah. Uh, and I would never want to come across as, as desperate, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. It, it it just it's bad when you when you it's just like when you're at a party and you say hey I have this really funny story and nobody listens to you <laughs> yeah. or you tell what's supposed to be a funny story and nobody laughs it just feels so bad and and people feel bad when that happens right you uh, so that's the part there and so you don't want to come across as needy okay and the broader picture is how do I want to engage with people like why do I care about my audience what am I hoping to give for them. That's yeah. the first question. The second thing I'd be asking my, uh, the second thing I'd be addressing is, how do I be that already? 
Mm-hmm. How do I expand my energy? If I'm doing, let's say, talking head videos and I'm teaching how to do painting, it's a talking head video, I'm, I'm teaching how to do painting, I would be saying in my mind, I'm making this video for 100,000 people. 100,000 people are going to watch this video. What do they need to hear? What? Wh- how can I help them if there's an information archetype? Or how do I just make this super entertaining to watch? Yeah. And you'll find when you approach it that way, a lot of the engagement happens automatically. Interesting. Have you ever known the people that just seem to be magnetic? Yeah. They just go around and people just feel like, hey, there's my friend. Mm-hmm. Or back in the ye old days of Facebook, I had some friends that um, they had maxed out their friend limit. And it was just because everybody wanted to be friends with them. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and they weren't the ones reaching out. Other people were reaching out to them. And partially it's, you know, it's a born, it's partially, some people just are that way more naturally, but partially it can be learned. Yeah. And the best way I found to describe that is what I just said. Expand your space for people. When you think of what you're creating, think of the bigger picture. Even if you only have one person and it's your mom watching your videos, <laughs> even if that's the only thing watching, try to think of it bigger and yeah. you'll find that the engagement tends to follow. Mm-hmm. And I think the big takeaway here from kind of this whole conversation is thinking about them and not necessarily what you want from it. Like it's, especially with engagements, like how do we want people to react to this video? How do we want people to engage? What's the goal? Do we want more likes? Do we want more subscribes? Do we want to broaden our audience? Do we want to increase watch time? The list is never ending. But if you can kind of step out of that for a second, just like at a party, like if you're completely focused on you, nobody's going to want to listen to you. If you're I'm guessing your friend that maxed out their friend limit made people feel really good. Yes. And so if you're thinking like, how can I get them to engage in a way that feels good to them? Like they want to engage because they want more of this or they want to feel like they're part of this. Thinking about what they get out of it is probably really key. And I know that's a little cliche with all of this, Uh but (laughs) I think it applies. And it's maybe the easiest to forget about when it comes to engagement tactics. Yeah. So and a funny secret little thing there. If you start getting comments, oh my goodness, why isn't this channel bigger? Mm. Oh, I, I watched this video and I expected you to be, you know, 100,000 subscribers. You only have 10,000. When you start getting comments like that, you're about to explode. You're wow. doing something really right. Yeah. When those st- comments start coming in and you get a lot of them, something's about to happen with your channel. It's pretty exciting. That's yeah. so cool. So watch for those. Watch for those comments. Mm hmm. And maybe do more of whatever caused that. Yeah, whatever happened in that video, do more of that. Uh, that's a, yeah. That's Sweet. A I love that takeaway. Thanks. You can also use this as indicators, the interaction you're getting or lack thereof as indicators. I'll just use a personal example here. Recently, I am a bit upset about this, but oh, recently no. I've been getting more of the comments that on, on channel makers that are, we can do this. We can grow mm. together. Let's grow together, YouTubers. Yay. Love the voice you say that in. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you've ever done that, bless your heart. (laughs) That's my way of saying Nate does not like those comments for a few reasons. One is it, I get it, but I don't get it. It's like, if you're making those types of comments, go out and actually find connections that help you grow a channel. Mm. That's it. It's, this is not a rant. I promise it's not a rant about those types of comments, but for, for a channel level, more a higher I've noticed I've been noticing a higher volume of those types of comments recently and what that's telling me it's bugging me because what that's telling me is I'm shifting the audience intention they're not 
they're they don't have they don't feel as much um, connection, and I'm not just referring to the connection archetype. They don't feel as much connection to my content. Okay, they're, they're just very surface level. They're they're just there to just they don't care who I am. I just made another video, and I, my video could be anybody's video. Interesting. And I don't like that. Yes, because the comment is generic. generic. You feel like that mm-hmm. that makes them not. They, they would have said it anywhere, mm-hmm. kind of thing. The more specific. The more specific the comments and the more quantity of specific comments in any of these archetypes that I was talking about earlier, those examples of the type of comments you can get, uh, the better. Mm -hmm. That's how I view it. And so let me ask you really quick. Is there a way that you want to adjust your content to maybe get less of that kind of viewer? Yes. Well, right now, um, there's. I, I think it's partially because due to the content itself feeling more generic. Mm, and okay. so adjusting in this specific case is make it less generic, up the connection, up the entertainment, uh, up the originality of the content. When I do that, the comments are always, they always follow. Cool. The videos that pre-planned, even the information videos that I pre-planned said, this is something new. I have not seen this before. I'm putting like tons of work into this. This is it. The comments are always, dang, this was awesome or whatever it is. And yeah. it's because partially because the intention was set beforehand, but partially because content was actually more original it was better interesting very yeah. cool any other takeaways you'd, you'd give to the listeners no i think that that'll do foster engagement awesome okay so don't force it watch the controversy or at least be aware of your decision <laughs> be on brand for your controversy be on brand yes um and do the thing you want to get so be specific if you want specific comments be positive you want positive comments things like that those are some good rules for them thank you for listening and we'll talk to y'all later Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but it's not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.